The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's trade deadline. But like the OKC Lakers game last night, it gets hijacked by LeBron James. We also get into LeBron's historic night. We dig straight into Christmas in February for NBA fans. Gets off to a hot start with Kyrie Irving getting moved to the Mavs. We break down the trade and its aftermath. Plus, we'll get into a ton of other trade rumors from around the league. Get right into it, Nick, because shit is moving fast. Do me a favor and drop that generic-ass beat. Well, the entire association, let's be honest, stopped dead in their tracks last night for a truly historic event. LeBron James is now the all-time leading scorer in the NBA, having just surpassed Kareem with a... I would call it a mid 38 point performance because he was really supposed to get 40 for me because I had money on it. But, you know, I digress. I mean, after he broke the record, he pretty much did absolutely nothing. But hey, you know, who am I to who am I to make fun of the fact that it turned into an entire fanfare on the court? There's pictures. Babies are getting kissed. You got Anthony Davis sitting off to the side, which we'll get to in a second. But just a bucket short of the record. It looked like LeBron was trying to back down for a skyhook. Uh, which would have been fitting. But instead, patented step-back mid-range Kobe behind the free-throw line hit nothing but net. Everyone goes nuts, of course. LeBron now, greatest scorer in NBA history. Uh, People are trying to downplay this. Uh, I think he's better at 38 than Hall of Famers were in their prime. That's pretty much facts, showing no sign of slowing down. By the time he hangs up the sneakers, he's probably going to put so much distance between him and Kareem, it'll be another 40, 50 years before anyone ever sniffs the record again. And then there'll be a fourth generation of, of LeBron James's in the NBA. It'll be LeBron's kids will be in the NBA. A couple of interesting things to get into before my take. First, everybody is talking about Anthony Davis and his reaction right now. Uh, he was on the bench during, which is like pretty common for Anthony Davis, uh, during the record-breaking play. And before Braun took the shot, he sits down like a guy waiting for the bus uh, at the stop after a 10-hour shift. Like, it's just... 
Where where was he during the celebration? He was nowhere to be found. He was sitting there with no emotion on his face, looking I don't know where. And I'm not saying that there was any shade being thrown at LeBron James because I'm sure that there wasn't. But the reaction was very weird. It was very odd. I'm not sure what to make of it. I have really nothing I can speculate that was happening. Uh, but I think that's probably a product of everyone being pretty tired of the chase by now. We had the LeBron chase meter on the screen. Second thing. Second thing, Kareem. Did anybody feel like Kareem didn't feel like he was that excited by that? Uh, he was just wearing his captain jacket, his reaction very muted. Like, muted's probably a very generous way to putting it. He doesn't like LeBron. We know that. He doesn't. He said things about LeBron that haven't been exactly generous. This was all on video. You could see it. Kareem is a beautiful writer. He, he penned a great piece about what the record meant to him, yada, 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 yada. He also explains why he's not sad that he no longer holds the record, which we know is false. Is as if I won a billion dollars in a lottery and 39 years later, someone won $2 billion. His winning in no way affects my winning. That's true. That's, that's facts right there. Other people's success do not detract from your individual success. Kareem, probably the most unstoppable offensive player in history, has not suited up in a few decades. So two generations of Hoops fans only know him through YouTube clips and him throwing shade at LeBron James and winning time. Having the record broken, very inevitable when you have LeBron have a longevity of his career as much as he did. Just like when Kareem broke the record in 1984, it did not take away from the greatness of Will Chamberlain either, the previous record holder. There's, there's room in the pantheon for all of the greats together. Anyone who questions that LeBron doesn't belong there, well... Like J.J. Reddick said, you, you just don't know basketball. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to the trade deadline. Whoa. Whoa. It happened fast. It happened so much faster than anybody thought. Anybody could have predicted. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, the Dallas Maverick. Wow. We are trying to figure out what just happened. The timeline of it is insane. Kyrie demands a trade Friday, February 3rd. By Sunday afternoon, he's in Dallas in one of the most shocking trades in recent memory. In those 72 hours, so much happened. Let's break that down. From the moment that the news broke that he was asking out, uh, pr presumably because the Nets wouldn't give him any money, which why would you? He's been unavailable. 
uh, speculation goes wild. Teams are rumored to be in the Kyrie mix were the usual suspects, of course. Purple and gold, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Suns. Mm, I don't know if the Heat were really involved, but they were sort of mentioned. And then the dark horses, like the Mavericks and the Pelicans. Turns out only four teams actually made offers. The Lakers were the presumed front runners. Obviously, Braun and Kyrie have talked about reuniting. They've made no bones about wanting to play again together. The Lakers apparently offered Russell Westbrook, more on this later, Austin Reeves, Max Christie, and two first-rounders. I think the first-rounder element is a little bit muddled. It could be one. It could be two. The 27-27-29. Solid. The Clippers apparently offered Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, a first and two uh, first-round pick swaps. Kind of meh if you're the Nets. I like Terrence Mann fine. Luke Kennard is trash. He's horrible. So uh, that, that trade made no sense. The Suns, this is where it gets really interesting. They offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and some first-round picks. Pretty intriguing, except for the fact that Chris Paul has fallen off of a, a cliff Paul, right? Intriguing. Uh, and then Joe said, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. So he fast-tracked the trade to Dallas that was finalized as follows. Kyrie and Markeith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie, which is like a wish version of Kyrie Irving, who already played for the Nets. Dorian Finney-Smith, one of the best perimeter on-ball defenders in the league, and two second-round picks. I think a first-round pick, too, and a first-round pick. Fascinating thing, according to those who are connected with the story. Kyrie was never going to get a long-term contract from the Mavs. An anonymous source reports, no one in Dallas will come out and say it in those terms, but Irving is potentially just a rental. Lord. Folks, I have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on that. First of all, Super excited to see this fit. People are saying, oh, Kyrie, Luca, they're not going to be able to play together. They don't, those people don't listen to them. They don't know basketball. It's fine. They're just, they're just watching Sports Center and listening to takes and then regurgitating takes. Kyrie playing off ball is excellent. He is elite at that. Kyrie, probably the theoretical uh, player that's always in play. But one thing you never question is his work ethic and his ability to ball out in crucial moments. He's a top 10 offensive player in the league. He's a top 75 player in all of history. And he will play really well with Luka if he continues to come off ball like he did with LeBron James in the time that he was in Cleveland. This does bring up a, a ton of questions. Like, is Kyrie going to be the Dinwiddie 2.0? Is he going to hit sort of, sort of those game tying game winning shots is that still going to go to Luca uh this could be very fun to watch to me he's not a selfish player he's a player who can get guys involved he can play make he can do a lot of things uh the Cavs won a, a championship with Kyrie Irving coming off ball so he's built in the lab for playoff time that's what he is he is winning time in human form my second point does anybody feel like it's weird that Mark Cuban makes this move they they know that Luca probably is going to ask out if they don't do something. This is sort of a roll of the dice move, right? Uh, you know, like kind of like what they did with Russ and with Palinka. You have to sort of appease the player that you know needs to be appeased, possibly putting yourself in a worse situation down the road, right? That's that's really really tough. Uh, which brings me to my third point because I think this is a rental. I think 100% this is a rental. I do not believe that Kyrie is in a Mavs uniform next year whatsoever. Dimwitty and, and Dorian Finney-Smith is a very steep price to pay for a rental for 30 games. Right? Like, that's, he is. He is. I firmly believe 
that Kyrie will be a Laker next year. I think this was, in terms of the Lakers, probably the most savvy things uh, that Kyrie has done in a long time. So he asked for a trade out in the summer, right? And they were like, nah, we're good. We're not going to do that. No, no. Uh, you have no trade value. Nobody wants you whatsoever. That's just not going to happen, right? Not, no. You did the vaccination thing. You got Harden to ask out. You, uh, but zero controversy for 30 games. And, you know, his stepmom, who's his agent, saying to him, that's all you have to do. And you can ask out and get whatever you want, which is exactly what happened. He balled out. He, as that young woman said, uh, who asked Russ that question, which I'm going to use forever now, which is he uses his impressive dribbling skills to successfully fake out his opponents multiple times. The truth is Kyrie did that. He's good at basketball. He can hit clutch shots. And he's not stirring anything up ever since the whole thing that he stirred up. You can now use that as leverage, knowing that their teams are going to be very desperate, desperate to make a move because this is a very muddled West, a team where uh, a West where it's very mediocre. Anybody can get in and anybody can make a run. And if you're the Mavs, you know that Kyrie is an upgrade over Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, this is not petulance. This is not Kyrie throwing a fit. This is him saying, I know what I need to do in order to get out of this organization. The clock is ticking. He forces the Nets' hand. He does it down the stretch where they have no time to really pivot and figure things out. And all of a sudden, you know, he's gone. Fourth, and the Nets did get theoretically a little bit better. You know, they did get not as much as probably they could have gotten for him if he was Donovan Mitchell, like scandal-free. Kyrie's not scandal-free, though. That's where we're at. He's not He's not DeJounte Murray. He's not Donovan. He's not Rudy Gobert. But he's a better player than that. Theoretically, he should be worth more than the four first-round picks it took to get them, right? But his stock had fallen so low after everything that he's done. He's a person, he was virtually untradeable at one point in time, right? But the bottom line is this. The Nets traded Kyrie, a star, for two like, good players. Good players. Spencer's a good player. He's played for the Nets before, right? He's a diet Kyrie. He has handles. He can shoot. He was one of the most clutch players in the playoffs last year. We saw that when they went to the Western Conference Finals. He hit some big, big threes down the stretch. Dorian Finney-Smith, probably one of the best defensive wings. So you've got Katie. You've got uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. And you've got Nick Claxton. Those three guys are going to be able to defend. You're going to have probably the best front court defensively of any team in the NBA. And they get a first rounder and two second rounders out of it. So you kind of made lemonade out of lemons. You now, very solid deal for the Nets, considering that Kyrie has been a disaster. Uh, I think also the Nets need to make another deal. They need to figure it out. Maybe you, you figure out a way to get OG Ananobi. Maybe you find a way to get Pascal Siakam. That's kind of what the new tea leaves say. You'll probably have to give up Nick Claxton for that, but I still don't hate it. Uh, and also to show KD, you're not tearing it down to the studs. There's a possibility he gets moved and wants to be moved if you don't show him that he is going to be on a team that's going to win, right? This is now, and the fact really is Shams reported, Kyrie asking for a trade now makes it so that so many more teams are asking about Kevin Durant than they were about Kyrie. They want to know, hey, is he on the move? Like, can we get him for for nothing? Can we get him for just a couple of, maybe three first-round picks and Dyson Daniels? Who knows? More on that later. By the way, Kyrie left for three games and Cam Thomas exploded, so this is going to be really fun to watch Cam Thomas. He's crazy. He's had more than 40 points three straight games now. 
insane. Do do went off for 44 against the Wizards, 47 against the Clippers, and had 43 last night. So dude's going to be a star. First player in NBA history to have three 40-point games at his age. Nuts. And then Ben Simmons not getting talked about enough. He's been trash. He's maybe the most untradeable player in the league right now. As for Dallas, uh, they are rolling the dice. Jason Kidd thinks that they can fix Kyrie. Kyrie, his mentor, his idol is Jason Kidd. Obviously, he has a relationship with the front office executive, Nico Harrison, who came from a Nike where Kyrie had his signature shoe. So they had a, a long-standing relationship that Kyrie, since Kyrie got into the league. And, you know, that's what they said. Jason Kidd said, hey, we have a relationship. He's all about basketball. He wants to win. He wants to be coached, and this is a great opportunity for me. And Kyrie has great things to say about Luka. He loves Luka, and before this trade was even possible, this is what he said about him. I think first we, we got to discuss just how long he's been playing professional basketball. I think it's been, been since like 14, 15 years old, so he's used to seeing so many dif- defenses, so many dif- uh, you know, different roles that he's played. I'm sure overseas, and now that he's in the NBA, I mean, you just see him. He plays at an incredible pace. Um, he makes great decisions. Most of the offense goes through him, and uh, he takes his time a lot. And he gets to the free throw line, so he maximizes on all the rules of the game of basketball and uh, uses it to his advantage. And all the rest of the, the guys around him play their role really well. So they're they're a good team, and they're only getting better. Uh, and again, I'm glad we got to see. Uh, a team like this that, you know, down the line, um, the continuity that they have and the trust because they've been through certain battles, you can see it. And they don't panic. Um, that's just good to see traits of a great team. So, Yeah, I mean, this is going to be very interesting. So now that Kyrie is a Maverick for probably 25 games, and if he doesn't sign for them with them in the offseason, I, which I don't think he will, that's a hefty price to pay for a rental unit. But if it keeps Luka happy and that's what Cuban wants, who knows? And also for the Lakers, why would you do that deal if you thought Kyrie would be there anyway for you in in free agency? Why? You wouldn't. Why would you pay all those first-round picks and your young players if you think you're going to get Kyrie anyway? And so we'll talk about this in a bit, but listen, LeBron James is not happy about it. So the Lake Show never disappoints, which we'll talk about in a second. Up next, in related news, Stephen A. is trending. Uh, because of a fight over Kyrie that uh, occurred over first take with Jay Williams. People are losing their minds. If you haven't heard it, it is tremendous. Here is some of the audio. Daily news? No, but that's not going to happen. We, we put a different kind of onus on our athletes than we do, and you may mention that on your podcast. I, I, I don't deny that. Wait, so first off, I'm not the one. You I know, don't deny that. I'm being sensitive. I I'm don't deny watching, that. But you're the one that seemed very emotional. Oh, right my God. And it's subject matter, Stephen A. Go ahead, Jay. Come on, man. Go ahead, Jay. Come on, man. Go ahead, Jay. I'm not, I'm not sitting up here on national TV absolving Kyrie Irving of every, every decision. I'm not going back and reaccounting every decision. I'm just saying how it's interesting to me. It just carries such a bigger momentum, in particular with you, more so than anything anybody else. Jay, you know what? What I would ask you is do me a favor. Stop telling us what you find interesting and just tell us what you feel. No, my job is to be interesting. You say, I find it interesting. You always say that. Say what you're saying. What are you saying? What did I just say? What are you saying? What am I saying? I just said what I'm saying, Stephen A. Which is, and I'm not allowed to say what I find interesting. Of course you are. But like once again, of you course I invite you person. on the show to you say late. what's interesting. He thinks you're too preoccupied with Kyrie, too hard on Kyrie. Did I Bridget Bridget Kyrie Irving last week before he demanded a trade? We were talking football. 
How many times have I mentioned Kyrie Irving over the last few I don't weeks? Seem to go, I don't seem to be the one being triggered right now. Well, it's I'm always triggered. No, you're not. I mean, it gets worse from there. This Is anybody shocked that two former Duke players are aligned? Duke, Dukey's going to Duke, right? That's Jay Williams and, and Kyrie Irving. Second, Stephen A. Smith got personal because Jay was hinting at something that he wanted to say and wouldn't come out with it. Stephen A. does come after Kyrie hard, and they've argued about him before. They've had been very adversarial to the point where it feels that they are personal like discovering i don't know that your favorite aunt is like you know you, you, you love her and you guys talk all the time and then all of a sudden you're like oh she's a truther she's a truther basically that's how Stephen a and jr right now they feel that same way about one another jay feels like Stephen a is standing up for Dan dana white and jerry jones and their improprieties but will not go out of his way to defend Kyrie, or at least create some nuance or context about Kyrie. And Jay is asking, why? Why do you allow that energy for Kyrie and not for them? And Stephen A would say, well, uh, I have to go after Kyrie more because this is a professional thing versus a personal thing. And there are many things that Kyrie has done that has hurt his team and kept them from winning. And I think that's why he got triggered. Uh, Dana White's transgressions are personal and domestic. Those are societal questions. Kyrie's issues were a professional thing that bled into professional lives. Uh, the back and forth was really interesting. I would listen to the whole thing if I, if you uh, if you can. Because really what was not said, Stephen A was kind of like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to sneak diss me in front of my audience, and you're not about to do that. I know that that's what you've been doing, and uh, I know that how the culture views me, and I do not like it. Say what you mean or don't say anything unless you're going to say it with your full chest. And all of this is a reminder that there are probably no two more, no more polarizing players than, than Kyrie Irving even with people who traffic in hot takes. Uh, here's the thing, though. Kyrie is not going anyplace, not by a long shot. So we're going to have more of these Jay Williams and Stephen A. Smith conversations and altercations, unless Jay Williams is not allowed on the show anymore, which is definitely possible. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. What would a Kyrie trade be without checking in on what the newly crowned NBA scoring leader LeBron James thought? I want to know, what does he think about something that did not affect him in at all? What does he think about something, a trade that did not happen, that he thought was going to happen for him? Because ESPN threw Michael Wilbon out to interview LeBron James one-on-one -on -one to get, I don't know, like to just get his perspective on on the trade, the non-trade for them, and the trade to Boston, or to uh, Dallas, excuse me. 
So when Kyrie asked out LeBron, this is the timeline. LeBron responded by tweeting a crown and a big eye emoji. That's hilarious. That's LeBron in Twitter form. That's what he is. He's just setting setting the stage up for what he thinks is going to happen. He's getting excited. And I just have never seen a sit down for something that's like a non-trade. Never seen it. Just Bron candidly came out and said he was disappointed that they did not get Kyrie Irving and made sure to say that he thought Kyrie Irving and him would win championships together, and which is, again, a part of the reason that I don't think he's in Dallas long. This is what was said. Well, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus is shifted back to where it should be. And that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's a guys quick pivot, goes, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long. I don't, I don't get too excited um, about the possibilities of things that can be. I, I, I kind of envision myself on what it can, but I don't, I don't invest it all the way into it until I know what's happening. And, and when it does not happen, I, I'm, I'm back locked in on the job at hand. So, um, you know, we had an opportunity. I th- our, our names was out there. The Lakers' name was out there. We had an opportunity. Didn't happen. We move on and we, we, we uh, finish the season strong, try to, try to get a bid into the postseason where I feel – a bid into the postseason is the only thing that matters right now. He is just throwing Russell Westbrook under the bus because he knows that he was going to be in the trade. For sure. Like, absolutely was going to be in the trade. Bron, this is so strange to me, this interview, because he just never does anything randomly, you know? He just is one of those strategic players. He broke the scoring record at home. Uh, he made sure that things – get set in place with clutch whenever he's dropping, even with Bronny's announcement about where he's going to go to college. It's all going to be done strategically. This interview was done strategically. I am disappointed we did not get Kyrie Irving. I think we can win championships together. I think we have great chemistry. I think we still will have great chemistry. And uh, But I'm moving on. I am, I'm a good teammate. I am a good team player. And we are now going to try to get into the play-in tournament now that we don't have Kyrie Irving. That is something very funny. Uh, that's just something that you've never seen before in history is an athlete come out and say, hey, I am mad that we didn't trade for this guy. I'm going to do a one-on-one sit-down with Mike Wilbon, one of the most premier uh, commentators in all of the NBA, who's been in this business for a long, long time, writes books for players, all that. And he's going to come out and see me so that I can say, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed we didn't get Kyrie. That's wild. The Lakers, though, were smart. I don't think they should have done it. I don't think they should have given up all those pieces. Max Christie, uh, Austin Reeves, two first-round picks. Russell Westbrook's coming off the books, whatever. It's coming off regardless. So if you can use those picks and get Jared Vanderbilt and Mike Conley Jr. and and Malik Beasley, and then you can just get Kyrie in the offseason for whatever it is that it's going to be, I think a, maybe a two-year deal or a three-year deal, while, at, like, while keeping Max Christie and – uh, keeping Austin Reeves. And who knows what you can do with re-signing Jared Vanderbilt, who's awesome. He's a, another good defender who can score a little bit. Malik Beasley can score a lot. That's that's a really good team. Or you could have just spent all that 
for Kyrie when you can just get him in the in free agency. So, but with Braun now the, the scoring record holder, it's going to be fascinating to see if the Lakers do anything at the deadline at all. Windhorse just tweeted that the Lakers have two options. Trade Russ and improve marginally, but screw over their cap space immensely. Or keep Russ, maintain cap space, and si sign Kyrie this summer because that's where he wants to be. I think option two is what's happening. Lakers aren't doing anything at the deadline. Woj also just reported that Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook just got into a heated argument at halftime uh, at the OKC game over Russ apparently lingering on the court after getting pulled. Yikes. How does this change things? Are they tired of Russ? I don't think so, but it's just weird. The whole thing is weird. As Wendy notes, moving Russ would probably be a mistake. So I don't think that they'll do it. I think they have become a more competent franchise. They're just trying to fix their incompetence from the past. But the Lake Show and their dysfunction never disappoints. Moving on. So we're going to dissect the entire trade deadline on our next show. Uh, Keith Smith's going to come on as well for probably 30, 40 minutes to tell us kind of how it all went down, what things didn't happen, etc. But I did want to address a couple of the rumors floating out and give you my opinion ahead of time. So we did have another major trade, uh, a shocking, a we'll call it a buzzy trade, you know? Like they had to massage this deal in order to make it work, if you know what I mean. So Miami ships Dwayne Dedman to San Antonio for a bag of chips and a Theragun. So let's get into some of the trade rumors as well. This one's hot off the wires. Brian Windhorst just reported this on his podcast, and I am shook. Big one. This is huge. And I don't mean Dwayne Dedman to the Spurs. I mean like a real trade. Now that Kyrie Irving has been traded, maybe the Nets' position on not trading Kevin Durant as it really was kind of last summer may change. That is an interesting development that has happened over the past 48 hours since the Kyrie trade from the people that I have talked to. Uh, why isn't this bigger news? Is, is anybody talking about this? I haven't seen this on first take. I haven't seen anything on NBA today. Nobody, no Shams, no Chris Haynes. Where are we at with this? Does Kyrie, does Kyrie move everything for the Brooklyn Nets? Is KD going to legitimately say, yo, I'm out? I know you guys have Cam Thomas, and he's dropping 47 on against the Wizards, uh, but I got to go. I got to go. Does that mean Kevin Durant is going to be on, on the move, like, now? Like, before tomorrow? I don't think he's going to be traded. I don't think they're going to be able to get a deal done by then, but the offseason is fascinating to me. The entire, entire trade deadline, again, gets hijacked by Kevin Durant. As usual, he likes to, you know, easy money sniper just likes to – Lay in the weeds and fuck shit up. Uh, so no one is going to risk throwing away their assets when they could get Kevin Durant. So we might have a very dead deadline in advance of this offseason, which I think is really interesting. Every year, uh, there's a bizarre rumor that sometimes turns out to be true. Well, this year it is the buzz that Chris Middleton might get traded. What? What are you talking about, Willis? According to something called Wolfel's Press Box, this NBA officials believe there's a chance the Bucks may move Middleton before the deadline. Why? Who would they get back in return, really? I mean, they were bad without Chris Middleton. What are they going to be without him again? Not good. I don't know where this rumor came from. This feels like fake news to me. This feels like when I ate the garbage on a tweet about James Wiseman officially asking out, which made perfect sense, but also wasn't true factually. Uh, James Wiseman, speaking of which, rumored to want out. I do not think that's true. Uh, he has very little trade value, but the only reason and incentive that the Warriors would want to trade him 
is cap space. He would help them out with $131 million in salary and penalties over the next two years. The question for y'all, is Wiseman worth 65? I mean, I don't even, I can't even get it out. Is Wiseman worth $65 million a year? I think you know the answer to that, truthfully. That is just short of the $68 million that they had to pay Kelly Oubre uh, to be on the Warriors. There's been some bad deals for the dubs, for our dubs, excuse me. Seems impossible, though, the Warriors will hold on to him, considering how much money he's going to cost and how little he does. He's basically a Santa Cruz Warrior for the rest of his career, as long as he's there. Moving forward, another uh, player who asking for a trade makes no sense because what kind of leverage do they really have is Ferkman Korkmaz. He has demanded a trade from Philly. Okay. Uh, does anyone care about that? Furkan Korkmaz has demanded a trade. He's He wants out. No one knows why, probably because his role is diminishing, and it would because he stinks. Fresh off of getting jumped by the Georgia national, national team, everyone thought he might break out. Has not happened this year. He's looking for a new home. See you later, Furkan Korkmaz. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. The Raptors moving on. Uh, easily looking like the most active team at the deadline. No one knows, though. I actually think maybe Masai Ujiri does nothing at all. OG Ananobi's been rumored to be on the move. Uh, Fred Van Fleet has rumored to be on the move. Pascal Siakam rumored to be on the move. That's a lot of picks you're going to have to get for those three guys. Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi are elite wings. This is a wing-driven league. If you're moving Pascal and OG, you better get six, seven picks. You better get what Utah got for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. I tell you what, uh, that would be an upgrade for any team who gets them. I'm very, very fascinated. Fred Van Fleet, he's rumored to be on the move. I think actually that's a probably a more likely scenario, uh, given the fact that he's on an expiring. He's going to want a lot of money. And Clippers are the potential landing spot for him. Moving forward, Portland. Portland's got to do something, right? They have to. Um, they are linked to Nerland's Noel. I don't know how much that moves the needle. Mo Bamba, just fresh off of his fight with Austin Rivers, the team PR representative for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Jay Crowder. I don't know how that helps him. I don't. This team is going nowhere. I think Josh Hart could probably be on the move as well. Nuggets definitely are trading Bones Highland. Uh, the other rumor that's in the mix on that is Alex Caruso to the Nuggets. I think that works probably for both teams. I don't think it makes Chicago any better. I think Alex Caruso is a key piece of what the what the Bulls want to do moving forward. Uh, Miami apparently is done with Kyle Lowry. That trade stinks. That is a horrible trade. He hasn't been healthy. We all know that Kyle Lowry's kind of fat. And the truth is time is undefeated, you know? Father time continues to win. So that's where 38-year-old Kyle Lowry is at when he doesn't take care of his body. So he's probably on the move to where? Who will want him? I do not know. Matisse Thibel seems to also be on the move. A lot of suitors, Hawks, Kings, Warriors, Pacers, Blazers, Bucks, Mavericks, Hornets, Raptors, and Suns. Pretty much all interested in Matisse Thibel. His attitude is not very good. I would be very curious to see how he looks on another team with another identity and another role. Clippers apparently, uh, well, we know, not apparently. They need another point guard. They need to figure it out. They're looking at D'Lo. They're looking at Eric Gordon. They're looking at Fred Van Fleet. So all that's all the rumors. We'll see what happens. We've got one day and about 12 hours left to go. We will bring on Keith right after the deadline. That will go up Friday morning very early. I will have my thoughts Friday 
sort of mid-morning, early afternoon, East Coast time, so we'll drop that as well. But that is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Come back Friday for an all-new episode recapping the trade deadline. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter at Trista underscore Crick and on TikTok at at this Heat Check. Tell all your friends, every single one of them, subscribe, like, review, because the Heat Check doesn't sleep. 